Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Football Futures with me, Greg Bell. The Dateline, I always wanted to say Dateline, it makes me feel like I'm Captain Kirk or something. Dateline, Tuesday the 12th of August, 2025. And yes, finally, let us celebrate, let us run into the streets, let us shriek into a pillow. The Premier League is back, we must rejoice. Our early kickoff on Saturday, the first game of the season, featured the biggest team in the league and arguably the biggest fixture of the first weekend of the season. And big is what the Premier League is all about. It is the foundation for its success. And Manchester United, my favourites to win the title under the stewardship of legendary manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. They were 2-1 winners at home to Arsenal. Uh, goals for Manchester United from Usman Dembele, who then set up man of the match Mohamed Tabouni for his goal. Arsenal reply through left-back Juan Miranda. And this, is, I've said before, is bound to be Manchester United's year. They've got a fantastic squad. They've got an unbelievable manager in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. The closest they've come to Sir Alex Ferguson since he departed the club. Um, but one slight negative point on this match is new signing Lautaro Martinez. £100 million signing, starting up front for the first time for Manchester United. And he didn't manage to score or assist, so therefore he is immediately to be deemed a failure, especially as he's from overseas. Definitely a failure in my eyes, and I think Manchester United need to think before the transfer window closes about potentially spending maybe 150, maybe 200 million pounds on a different striker because clearly they've been sold a dud. The game of the weekend, well, I mean, it would have been the game of the weekend if it included big clubs, was at the Amex in Brighton as Brighton and Hove Albion drew three all with Watford. The ragtag misfits of Watford gleaned from two different teams in Spain and Italy. They were in the lead three times during this game uh, through Ross Barkley, Valentino Lazaro and Damari Gray through a penalty. Uh, Damari Gray, one of those players that in theory is a really good player. In theory. And Brighton replied through Turan Basu, Taylor Richards through a penalty and Romano Postima. A reminder again that even if you're a small club, sometimes you can be entertaining and not necessarily the last match on match of the day. So well done Brighton, well done Watford, you plucky scrappy underdogs. 
At Turf Moor, we have the battle of the Claret and Blue yo-yo clubs as Burnley beats West Ham United 2-1. Burnley threw Stanislav Lobotka and West Ham United replied two minutes later through Robert Skov. Uh, then lost Kasper Dolberg through a concussion, one of their key players for the season, uh, before Dean Lopez struck in the 89th minute to get Burnley's winner in a game that, you know, I'm sure is important to their supporters. The mighty Chelsea, huge, mighty, important Chelsea, who are an enormous club as long as you only pay attention to them from roughly the late 90s onwards. They won 1-0 over Norwich City. Uh, goal through sub Luke D'Alton. One of those players with an apostrophe in his name. He's great. Like Darcy from uh, the Smashing Pumpkins. Brilliant. Luke D'Alton. He's just Luke Dalton, mate. Just admit it. Luke Dalton. He's a promising promising English midfielder. Uh, man of the match, though, was Kai Havertz, as Barcelona and Paris Saint-Germain continue to circle and be interested in him. Not much to say about Norwich, to be honest. Never even been to Norfolk. Have you? What's there? Is it as flat as everyone says? Love to know. I'd go, but it's it's really far away. Liverpool were 3-1 victors over Middlesbrough. Newly promoted Borough went 1-0 up through their centre-back Francisco Ciralta in the 17th minute. Obviously from a set-piece like you'd expect from a non-massive club. Uh, and this was after losing their striker Jonas Wind in the first minute. So a great start for Middlesbrough. But of course Liverpool are a massive club and they managed to fire back. Uh, first of all, through a fine strike uh, from Adrian Rabio, uh, and Liverpool had already lost Jonas Persons through injury at this point too. 36-minute Adrian Rabio's goal, and two second-half strikes from Mohamed Salah, the legend that is Mohamed Salah. And Liverpool are looking good because, of course, you can't choke this early in a season. Sheffield United managed a 2-1 win at home to Newcastle United. A shock here as the newly promoted team beat the super-rich Newcastle United. And I know that Newcastle have never won anything, but they're a massive, massive club. Workmanlike Sheffield United reflected in their tough defending and their reliance on set pieces. Just constantly lumping the ball up and set pieces. And I mean, I didn't watch the match, but I imagine that's what it's like. I just gleaned this from the highlights. Sheffield United's goals were through Samuel Yakubu finishing a 15-pass move in the 29th minute. And then Noddy Madueke with a 25-yard curler capping another great move uh, just a few minutes later on. And free-flowing, beautiful, expressive Newcastle. They scored through Magnus Kofud in the 60th minute from a corner. Manchester City, one of the title contenders. They managed to pick up an away win, 2-0 at Wolverhampton Wanderers. Six bookings from the home side. That's Wolves proving that they're Wolves in... Um, wolves <clears throat> clothing. Yeah. Goals for Manchester City from Paolo Dybala in the fourth minute and Erling Haaland in the 29th minute got them the win. Haaland did go off injured uh, with strained knee ligaments. He's looking to be out for maybe three to six weeks. Manchester City, just like Manchester United, should probably spend big now. 
I mean, they should really consider going all out and buying maybe a 300, 400 million pound striker to just prove that they may have lost one player for six weeks, but they are still a massive, massive club. Perception is reality. They should be going out there and trying to prove a point to the rest of the Premier League. And Edison was man of the match in this game, proving that I have always said this, Brazilian goalkeepers are splendid. Especially someone like him with a loads of tattoos over his ever-expanding neck. On Sunday, the reigning champions Tottenham Hotspur managed a 3-1 win over Everton. New signing Alexander Philp scored in the 20th minute, followed by Harry Kane one minute later. Everton's reply was through Thomas Kossis in the 32nd minute. Um, and he didn't score, and he didn't create a chance, and he was booked for diving. But this game for me, when it comes to Everton, was all about the influence of Jack Grealish. What a player he is. Again, just ambling around the midfield like a drunken stockbroker. Didn't achieve a single thing apart from wearing the tightest shorts on the pitch. But again, myself and everyone else I know in the media community, all we could do was talk about what a player Jack Grealish is at the end of this. I mean, I know his team lost and I know he achieved absolutely nothing. But what a player. What a player Grealish is. Uh, Sub Carl Barrett eventually made it three in the 83rd minute for Spurs. The champions and double winners last season now looking very dangerous indeed. The mighty Leeds United won 2-0 over 10-man Bournemouth. Jefferson Lerma sent off for fighting in the 31st minute. Uh, who'd have thought someone from Bournemouth would fight? Ever. Uh, Leeds eventually scored through Jamie Shackleton and Thiago Teixeira. Uh, is this Leeds' year? I mean, they're a big team. They haven't got a lot of expensive players, but they are big. And that is kind of what we're looking for. And surely now, Bournemouth are going to go down. Surely now it's time for them to bid the Premier League goodbye and return to the Championship or maybe League One, which is the level that they should be more accustomed to with their stadium that I think only holds roughly 50 people. Monday night's game, Leicester City 2, Fulham 1. Leicester went 1-0 up through Bulgarian youngster Georgi Zhekov. What a name. Georgi Zhekov. It's really hard to say. They went 2-0 up through debutant to Jeremy Asenia. Uh, he scored from a penalty. £20 million signing from Manchester City. Had a good season out on loan last year for Napoli. Manchester City didn't really need him or want him because he didn't really cost them a load of money. But now he's gone to Leicester City and that's more his level. And for £20 million might be a decent signing for them. He's still only £20 million, quid, but he has scored on his debut. Fulham did pull one back through Jordi Vanderberger in the 85th minute. Uh, but two minutes later, Brandon Williams was sent off, pretty much ending the game for Fulham. And last season's fifth-place finish uh, finishers, Leicester City, uh, start with a decent win. Down into the lower leagues now. Into the Championship. Much better this week from Aston Villa. Of course, we had midweek fixtures. Villa picked up a win over Rotherham in midweek. And uh, over the weekend, managed a 2-0 win over Blackburn through Bakayev and Ray. Uh, Aston Villa, I've said this before, massive club. Should definitely be all of our favourites to win the title this season. Lost their first game of the season. Some journalists were calling for Eddie Howe's head. I'm glad to say I wasn't one of them. 
Birmingham, Aston Villa's city rivals, are top with three wins from three. A 2-1 win over Preston over this weekend with goals from Nathan Redmond and Rianne Brewster uh, after Tom Barkhusen managed to put Preston in the league. Uh, Preston, one of the teams with no wins whatsoever, no points whatsoever rooted to the bottom of the table at this point. And thank God, I mean, we can all praise and rejoice, but Milton Keynes Dons, after winning on the first game of the season, have now managed to lose twice in a row, losing 2-1 away to Forest. Thank God for that. I mean, I don't believe in him, but maybe this is proof that somewhere up, sitting on a cloud, there is a God. A God who looks down and sees the Milton Keynes Dons franchise and thinks, no, no, you will never get into the Premier League. Really, you should never even be in the league in the first place. Please leave. Please get out now. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm not a man of faith, but maybe if you all pray hard enough, they'll just, just fuck off and die. Uh, Reading are in second. They managed a 3-1 win over Portsmouth. Not much to say about Reading. I went there once. They've got a couple of motorway services, one on each carriageway. Good for them. And to League One, Luton atop on goal difference over Sheffield Wednesday. Both teams with 100% records, but obviously Sheffield Wednesday are a huge team. So I'm mainly going to speak about them. Um, We would all expect them to bounce back into the Championship and then hopefully be pushing for the Premier League in a season's time. Whereas Luton Town play in Orange. I mean, no one good plays in Orange, do they? Oh shit, Holland. Yeah, but they're not a club team, so the point counts. But Wednesday are a huge team. They managed to beat fellow relegated side Salford City 2-1. And Little Luton, bless them, 2-0 win over Grimsby. Grimsby are one of three teams on zero points. Also, Mansfield Town, you'd kind of expect. And Ipswich, you would not expect. They're a fairly big club. So, you know, come on. Sort it out, Ipswich. Get your act together. Down into League Two and Sir Frank of Lampard's reinvention of Accrington Stanley continues. Another win away at Newport County, putting them on a 100% record. Big plans I've heard through various sources in the transfer market this week. Uncle Harry, there's talk of Uncle Harry bringing in Nico Cranchard. I can't confirm or deny this, but I've heard it from multiple sources. There's plans to move the club to either London or Poole in Dorset to make it much more convenient for Frank. And I think we should all get behind this. You know, it's a difficult, thorny subject for some fans. But this is Frank Lampard. If you're an Accrington Stanley supporter, what have you ever achieved? Nothing. But Frank's there now. And he's handsome. And he's a good man. And we all love him. So come on, rally behind him. For the love of God. Leighton Orient are above Accrington Stanley, but obviously it's not going to be for long because they're not managed by Frank Lampard. Uh, They managed a 3-1 win over Swindon. And Forest Green Rovers are also on 100%. They're down in third. They're from a village. I have no idea where. Gloucester or something. (laughs) Never heard of them. Uh, They managed a 2-1 win away at Port Vale. And good for them, a plucky little village team. I think they've confused playing in the league with playing in the first qualifying round of the FA Cup. I don't know if anyone's alerted them. Like, Bolton are in the conference, and Forest Green are in the actual league. It's The world's gone mad. Dagenham and Redbridge, Scunthorpe, Burton and Newport County, they're all on zero points at the bottom of League Two. 
Now into some transfer news. Uh, so, first of all, Wolves have made an offer for Barcelona's John Stones. The 31-year-old has been a bit part player at Barca over the past couple of seasons. Obviously, he went there after being told by many people in the United Kingdom that he couldn't defend. So he went to a team where he'd never actually have to defend. Unfortunately, the consequence of this was it was immediately revealed that he wasn't any good with the ball at his feet either. He's a terrible player. But Wolves seem keen to spend £20 million on the 31-year-old alleged centre-back. Trabs on Spore have offered £15 million for Manchester United Ismail Assar. And Shakhtar Donetsk, which I just love saying, they play at the Donbass Stadium. I wish I was called Donbass instead of Greg Bell. Donbass. What a name. He sounds like he runs a caravan warehouse just outside Grantham. But Shakhtar are in a bid for Everton's world-class midfielder, Matteo Guendouzi. Uh, world-class player, world-class hair, £25 million, raising to £40 million is rumoured to have been offered. And Richarlison, we talked about this last week, has completed his move to Barcelona, proving that as John Stones left, they're keeping their quota of having one shite ex-Evertonian in their squad. And now some questions from you, dear listener. You can get in touch with me at GregBellFF on Twitter, at GregBellFF on Twitter. Um, and you can ask me your questions. I'll tell you anything you need to know about the 2025-2026 football season. So first of all, uh, this is from someone called Link. I don't think he's the guy from Zelda. Uh, McLaughlin V on Twitter says, um, What about West Bromwich Albion's prospects this season? Well, currently, Link, you are sitting in third place. You have a solid manager in Derek McInnes. You imagine, I don't know anything about his managerial stylings, but you imagine he's the sort of person who just yells a lot. He's got the name that says he yells. Do you see what I mean? They've got a great captain in Romain Sawyers, who's been there for quite some time, and an exciting attacking midfielder in Callum Slattery. Uh, The young Austrian Jens Dunkel has three goals in two games, as they've made a decent start to the season, and they've never got out of the championship during the course of this decade. So it would be great to see a team like West Bromwich Albion possibly climbing back to the Premier League again. Finished in 10th last season. And they've been, they've been considering to help the brand of the club changing Albion to United or City. Just because there's never actually been a good Albion. You know, it's good thinking on the part of their management. The forward thinking from their Uzbekistani owners. So I hope that answers some of your questions there, Link. And then from Lee Russell on Twitter, at Bungleby, he says, What happened to the famous BMW strike force from Brentford from around five or six years ago? Um, so I can tell you, uh, Saeed Benrama, he went from Brentford to Southampton for 14.5 million quid, then was exchanged to Birmingham, then was sold to Sheffield United for 1.5 million quid, uh, then back to Brentford on loan. He's essentially the football equivalent of when you had him. Very exciting. Mm, now you've got him back on loan, he's pretty much shares in my space. Like, oh, exciting. Oh, not worth anything. Uh, Brian Mabuemo. Uh, a stalwart at Brentford, been a key part of the team that got promoted and relegated over the course of the last couple of seasons. Uh, many hundreds of appearances for Brian now. And then Ollie Watkins, the W in BMW, the Verk in BMW. Uh, £15.5 million to Birmingham, uh, who were in the Premier League in 2021. Uh, then was relegated with them before moving up again with Leeds in 2024 for £16.5 million. I think it's brilliantly that... 
you you love and support a team the size of Brentford and you care that much because I mean presumably you live in London there are big teams like Chelsea who've been massive for 20 years now like you could support them or you could support uh, Queen's Park Rangers who are owned by a richer person than owns you or you could support Arsenal or Spurs but you choose to support Brentford and there's part of me I feel sad for you, but part of me that's very proud that you've managed to do that. So fair play to you, Lee. And if you support a smaller team, like feel free to get in touch. I'm always happy to hear from you um, because, you know, without those smaller teams selling their best players for reduced fees to bigger teams when players decide to get arsey and refuse to play, then we wouldn't have the Premier League that we've got now. So thanks, Lee. Anyway, please rate and review and subscribe and all that stuff you're meant to do with this podcast. We're on iTunes now and on Spotify and on Acast. So please tell more people about Football Futures with Greg Bell. And follow me on Twitter at uh, at Greg Bell FF. At Greg Bell FF. Thank you very much. I will see you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com slash covered.